0: Coming up on this week's episode, we're talking Chelsea, Manchester United and Bournemouth. We've got some more Wonders of White, they're themed around the Carabao Cup. We've got a Who Am I and a quiz from Liam, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Sideline podcast, it's Chris here. And Liam is with me. Hello Liam. Hi Chris, how you doing? Not too bad, not too bad.
1: You've uh, recovered from a disastrous weekend.
0: I mean every weekend seems to be disastrous at the moment. I mean <laughs> it just doesn't seem to be uh it just doesn't seem to be stopping, but we're gonna talk about Chelsea anyway in a bit. Um but yeah, not fun. Not fun. No. No, not not to a rival as well. Um,
1: <laughs> there's always something extra in Chelsea, Spurs, isn't
0: there? There is, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard the last of it from some people. No. Um which is it's slightly annoying. Yeah, I won't mention names, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. We'll, well, we might as well um, get straight into talking points this week, and we'll, we'll get straight in with Chelsea. Um, just one win in eleven for Graham Potter in all competitions, and just one goal scored in February, um, which doesn't doesn't look great on him, but um, it, it's very, very confusing on should he stay or should he go, um, because the, it seems that the owners have full faith in him, and it doesn't seem to be changing. I mean, under Abramovich, I, I think... He probably would have gone five weeks ago, Um, but you know they obviously are trying to build something there for him. Um, But it's just the performances on the pitch. I mean, haven't really been that good. I mean, the, the players just look so confused in certain times when when they're going forward. It just it just seems like they're just. I can't really put my finger on on what I think the actual issue is. Obviously, other than they need to score more goals, um, but I think I think I think one of the issues might be is that he's obviously they brought in a lot of attacking players in January, and he's trying to fit as many as he can into the team at once, yeah. which obviously isn't helping. Um, and, he, and he's he's sort of gone for a four-two-four four formation in some games, and we just look so open. Um, I it's mean, Enzo good. Fernandez is, is good in that sort of... in front of the defence of... I think we miss Kante, really.
1: Yeah, it's a 4-2-4 without any strikers, which is very strange. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Aubameyang played a bit at the weekend, but it was game over by the time he came on. But it doesn't look like he's implemented that certain style that, you know, Brighton had a defined way of playing, didn't they? They yeah you know, it was all about the method rather than the end result. They would always play the way that they had set up. It was always, you know, attractive football over everything. And he doesn't seem to have had that effect on Chelsea at the moment, but I think you've seen it in, in small bits of maybe five, 10 minutes games, but it's not, yeah, it's not consistent over the full 90 minutes so far. Um, and I think as well, when he first came in, at least defensively, he looked relatively solid. And now that seems to have disappeared. I, I mean, I looked at the two goals that Spurs scored this weekend. And, you know, and Marked in the middle, um, a few yards out from goal, which is ridiculous. You know, it, it just seems like when Villa had problems with Gerard, there were some small mistakes being made in the tactics every week. And and I think we saw it in the last game of Gerrard's reign, where he had McGinn marking Mitrovic from corners and a few things like that. And and I was looking at this first game this weekend and thinking, you know, you've got Sterling that was meant to be marking Kane. I mean, that's a strange matchup, isn't it? You put a centre-half on him. And I don't know how much of that is down to the players and how much of that is down to the management and coaching staff. Obviously, he's the one that's going to get the brunt of the blame. So yeah. I don't know what needs to change. Um, are you are you a Potter in or Potter out? I mean, I read your tweet over the weekend, and you
0: seem <laughs> Potter out, but, but now maybe now
1: you seem to be on the fence again.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was that was one of those heat of the moment sort of um, things. I, I you know, I'm not really I'm not all for changing managers again. Um, you know to have a third manager in one season just it just seems a bit ridiculous and i think the owners have got a lot of faith in him and um, and maybe it will maybe when it does click it will be great but it it's just getting to that point where it is going to click and how long is that going to take um because i think i think for now i think we can kind of forget finishing sort of top four. I don't think that's gonna happen at all. Um and, you know, we can push for Europa but still we're still seven, eight points behind that. Um if, you know it seems like the easiest way into Europe at the moment is gonna be winning the Champions League and that and that ain't easy. So I mean have to see what he does. Um personally I would it just—it it seems silly saying it, with so many games still to play, but they just have to write off the league this year and and just fully concentrate and put all the eggs in one basket in the Champions League. I mean, by winning it, you get a free ticket. I mean, and the ticket is up for grabs, but they're gonna have to play considerably better than, than what they have. Um, and like you said, is a, a loss. I think we're the only team that hadn't lost. The Tottenham Hotspur Stadium since it's been built, um in the Premier League, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's gone now, and, I mean, Southampton the week before, that, they were just poor. Yeah. It's just, it's just been, it's just been really bad recently, and the, they seem to be stuck, and they can't quite get out of it. I mean, four goals since the 1st of January, I mean, is, it, is not great reading, really, yeah. is it? And, and like you said, Who takes the blame for it? I mean, he seems like Potter seems to be taking the majority of the blame for it. I don't think the players have played great for him, so I don't think they can get away with not, you know, taking some of the partial blame as well. But um, maybe it's it's just the amount of changes, maybe each game that he's making. He he hasn't found. I mean, it's going to be hard for him to find that eleven, having so many new players in. I mean. Well, we end of so He's had a month really to to find out his best eleven, and I don't think he knows that. And I don't think he knew that when he when he joined um, either. There's for players me. like uh, Chukwamenko I feel sorry for because you know before these players came in in January he was he was up there with one of our better players at the moment. So he's kind of been thrown down the pecking order a little bit, which you know. A Seems shame. a bit strange because he, he, he
1: moved for first team football to Chelsea and he hasn't got it. Oh, my, my heart bleeds for the poor guy. He got it.
0: He got it for yeah. about three week. Three weeks. I think three games he played. Yeah. In a row, he started and he was on the bench for the majority of sort of end of December and for the majority of January and the start of February. But obviously, with players coming back after injuries, we were always going to have like a, a big squad. So. It's unfortunate that he he was always going to be one of them that would 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 miss out. So yeah. Do you think it's a mistake now
1: getting rid of Tuchel? That of interest.
0: Yeah, I it's hard because I I don't think he would have done a worse job. Um if anything he probably I think some of the games that we've lost I think you know he he could have done a little bit better, but it's hard to tell really because He'd only like two had uh, two bad games, and he was sacked. Yeah. Uh, for for me, it always felt like the owners weren't that keen on him. Um, I think he was. I don't really think that they were too keen on his sort of attitude um, when it came to sort of because I I don't I personally think because the owners bought Potter in. They've kind of just said, you know, they've kind of just put all this, all these new players on him, whereas I think Tuchel put up a bit more of a fight. Yeah. Um, especially with the, the Ronaldo situation in the summer where the owners are really keen on getting him in. And Tuchel said, well, he, he wouldn't have a place in the team. So, um, and who knows, we might have got a bit more of a Bamiyang as well, but it's hard to tell. Um, I always felt that it was, it was too soon to sack him, but. I mean I you know, I, I think when, when we found out that Graham Potter was taken over and, you know, the job he'd done at other clubs, um it was always gonna be difficult because obviously Chelsea are, you know, the ambition and, and you know, is a lot higher yeah. than the other clubs he's been at. But um yeah, it just seems to me that he has lo- he's lost some of the players in the dressing room. Yeah. But
1: uh, I mean, having said that, we said that about Arteta probably this time last year, didn't we?
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, look look what they're doing now. So maybe there That's is a stability, I mean. you, you never know. He's got a big squad, theoretically,
0: in summer, he could cut down, get rid he's of... Gonna have to, he's going to have to, there's no way around either. They're going to have to sell players in the summer.
1: Yeah, if he if he can sell, I think you've got a squad of 30-plus now, haven't you? So I think if he can, if he can get rid of five to ten players and maybe bring in one or two that are his actual sign-ins, who knows? Maybe that's what they're waiting for. We'll
0: have to wait and see. They gave Arteta time. He's, he had pretty much a year and a half, two years, didn't he, before the season. So, um, and he's, he's bought in his own players, Arteta, and he's kind of, he, he's found that system. It's clicked for them. He bought in players that, you know, that he knew that would help the squad and he got rid of the players that were disruptive. One of them's yeah. at Chelsea now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll move on to, uh, Manchester United now. I mean, this is going kind of from bad to worse for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a no, no. Um, oh well, yeah, won their first trophy under Ten Hag. Um, looked very, very good on on Sunday, and I mean, they cleared up the whole Ronaldo situation, didn't they? Yeah, he stamped his authority there, I think,
1: which um, seems to have had a hugely positive effect it on has, a yeah. number of players. And I, I didn't, I haven't watched them live um, for the League Cup final, but I did watch them uh, midweek against Barcelona. They, look, they do look like a team reborn at the moment. Rashford's got all the confidence in the world. There are players that I think were on the fringes under uh, previous managers that have now really taken to their first team roles and they look like completely yeah. new players, Fred being one of them. I mean, you could argue that anyone could look good alongside Casemiro because he's <laughs> been a great signing. But, um, but yeah, Fred seems to really come into his own in centre midfield. Um, even Bruno Fernandes has started picking his form up again, which um, Man United fans will obviously be delighted about. He's, he's sort of showing the form that started his Man United career. Uh, and even Sancho, I know we've ridiculed him quite a lot on this podcast, <laughs> but even he's started chipping in with some goals here and there. Yeah. And, and when you add that to the signings that uh, Ten Hag has made, I think Anthony is still, I think he's still got a lot to do, but he's starting to show his value. And, um, the star man in defence at the moment is definitely Martinez, isn't it? So, um, I think United fans love him already. And why not? He's put in some cracking performances. So, yeah, it's looking very, very positive, um, for United. I don't know whether, um, they'll be happy with just this one trophy, but, uh, cause they're still in other competitions. I think they'll have yeah. their chances in the Europa League, but, but yeah, what do you reckon? Are they going to be OK with just
0: the League Cup this year or are they going to want more? Well, I think, well, it's their fir- you think it's their first trophy I think in five years. So I think anything at this point is an improvement on, on, on what's come previous. I mean, I think they have to be one of the favourites for the Europa League. Um, for me, it was, I think the two favourites would have been Barcelona, Man United, possibly Arsenal as well. But I think Arsenal were probably sort of Sway towards trying to win the league rather than, you know, the Europa. So, um, yeah, looking at the
1: last 16 draw, you've still got Juventus, but obviously they're having quite a poor season yeah. by their standards. Sevilla, you can't you can't really count them out because they always seem to win it, and and probably Roma are looking like the other team that could potentially win it. But outside of those, you're looking at Shakhtar, Feyenoord, Leverkusen the
0: two union sides they're easily beatable. I mean yeah, yeah. Um I just I, th- I think it's just something different with Man United at the moment. They just they the players really really good football and and I I really do think that Casemiro is is up there with signing up the season in the Premier League. Um you know, I, you know you've got Haaland scoring, you know, a tremendous amount of goals for Man City, but at the same time Casemiro I think is doing the same sort of job but in, in a defensive more defensive approach for Manchester United. It's almost like he's building the team around Casemiro. I know he's like thirty, thirty one, isn't he? But I mean he's been he's been their best player when he when he's playing. Um and, and it's given I think Ten Hag something to think about with sort of options where he doesn't necessarily have to play with two centre defensive midfielders. It's it's like he's got faith in Casemiro and he'll let, um, Fred, you know, do, um, push forward. And, and I think that's helped Fred as well. So, yeah, um, he's letting other players sort of find their own feet now, isn't he? Rather than, yeah,
1: in as many defensive midfielders as he can, he's letting them sort of express themselves.
0: I just think, um, going back to the Europa League, I think they should get past Batiste, um, they shouldn't have too many problems there, to be fair, but they're still in the shout with the league as well, but I think they're about eight points behind, aren't they? Yeah, it's an outside it's chance. It's an outside chance, but I think it's one of those where you can never say never, um, and, and like I said, in the Europa League, they have to be one of the favourites in that as well. Um So, yeah, it's all looking very good there, which is really disappointing. (laughs) Um, you know, after, you know, I don't think anyone will disagree with this, but they've been poor. Yeah. The last sort of three seasons, they've been really, not really bad, but it's not, it's been quite poor. Yeah, they've not hit their potential at all, and I think, you know, for the fans, it's really good. And I think f- for them, I think they would be happy with just, you know, the Caramel Cup this season, but next season, he's going to have to take it one further and he's, he's going to have to win more trophies because, you know, they're not just going to be satisfied with winning the Caramel Cup for one season and then nothing for, you know, the next two, three seasons. Um, I think the ownership is an issue. Yeah. I've seen today, um, that they've decided that they're not going to sell just yet or something, but it seems to be up in the air at the moment. But, yeah, straight, Liverpool are sort of similar, aren't they? They're kind of for sale, but not for sale. Yeah. And it's, it's clear, it's clear that the invest from the, an investment side, they aren't going to invest as much as what they have done in the past. Um, but I think for what they spent this season, I think they've got really good value for their money Um, going back to Martinez as well I know a lot of people commented saying about his height when he joined but to me he's been one of the best defenders in the league this season so you know that hasn't really you know that hasn't really affected how they play at all but they've got they've started to get a spine sort of through that middle so you've got Heyer, either Varane or Martinez, you've got Casemiro and you've got Rashford. Yeah. So they they're getting that spine of their team, uh, which all good all, you know, good world class teams need. Um it's what Chelsea did when, you know, back in back in the day <laughs> uh you know, you had Czech, Terry, Lampard, Drogba. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what you know, that's that's what win you trophies and you and the players around you You know, players around that spine, they, they make up the difference. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's still a shout of winning four true, they They could do a quadruple still. So, you know. Technically, it's a bit of an outside shot for the league. I mean, they're going to have to work. (laughs) A lot of things will have to go against the other teams, but they could easily win the FA Cup and the Europa League. So even a treble, I don't think, is off is off the cards, to be fair, so, yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure all United fans are happy, um, maybe not with the ownership side of things, but what they're seeing on the pitch is, is pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll move on to Bournemouth now, uh, we haven't really spoken about Bournemouth a lot this season, um, I don't really know why, um, but, Obviously, we're talking about them for the wrong reasons.
1: (laughs) Well, they they went on a good run, didn't they? They they got rid of Parker after the 9-0 and then they went on a good run. And I think a lot of people, including myself, thought that they would be relatively safely mid-table. But since, I think, really the World Cup, maybe I think they lost their last game before the World Cup. They did, yeah. Um, And then since then, they've... Really, really struggled, especially, you know, I mean, defensively, they have shipped quite a few goals, but they've not been scoring. Um, so they seem to have just been dragged quite slowly back into the relegation battle, really, from what was quite a comfortable position at one point. And I think teams around them have made their moves now, haven't they? You know, Leeds, Everton and Southampton all getting new managers. Nottingham Forest started putting a run together. Um, and I, I was just... I thought we could talk about Bournemouth this week because they obviously changed managers really early this season. Do you think they, would, they were a bit too quick? Do you think they moved a bit too early to change them? Yeah. It's,
0: it, again, it's, it's a bit hard to call, really, because obviously we mentioned Tuco earlier. Um, but when they did sack Parker, they, they did have that new sort of manager effect, didn't they? Because like you said, they yeah. they went six, seven games unbeaten. And yeah. They like you said, they lost before the World Cup started. Um, and they've never really picked it up from then. I think they've got one win since, since this, um, since the league restarted. So, I mean, it's, it, I think transfers have been an issue. Um, I definitely don't think, whereas I said earlier that Man United, you know, they've got good value for their money. What Bournemouth have spent, I don't think, to me, looks like good value. Um, they spent quite big in January, didn't they? They did, yeah, and yeah, they, they bought in the defender of but he's injured and has been injured since he signed. Um, who else did they signed strikers? Didn't they?
1: Yeah, they bought in some Semenyo from Bristol City for ten million, who hasn't scored yet, and they bought in. I think I'm pronouncing it right, Wataro. Um, the young uh, I think he was from France I think they bought him from a French team 20 million hasn't scored yet he's only played four games to be fair yeah. I think he's only 21 but it's a lot of money to be spending on youth and maybe players that haven't got that experience of Premier League you know you look at teams like even the other teams that have come up this season Fulham that Most of their transfers, and they've made quite a few, but they've all got Premier League experience. Nottingham Forest made a lot of transfers, but they've got a few experienced Premier League players in there. Bournemouth, I think the only sort of Premier League experience they've got is from being relegated last time. They've managed to keep quite a few people, like Adam Smith. Um, Liverpool, I think, is still there. So, yeah, that's their only real experience. They haven't bought anyone um In the summer or in January with, um, yeah, just a few Premier League games under their belt, really. And I think that's maybe what they're missing. It it just seemed an odd way to go about the January transfer business when they are struggling, but they're paying a lot of money for someone who probably has potential in that Watara. I'm sure they must have seen it. And Zabani's only 21 as well, I think. Yeah. um, It seems a, a strange way to go about it when you really need to secure survival before you're looking at the future, I think. Well, the. the go um, there, chances are, I don't think they, those those players
0: will stay. I don't know, maybe I'll. No, yeah, well, well need, Tara, just going back to him, um, scored six goals in the first half of the season for Lorient, but last season, he scored once in 25 games. I mean, it doesn't really scream <laughs> lot, like prolific, does it? Um, But you alluded to it there about their team. A lot of them have been there for, you know, five-plus years. Yeah. Um, And it is that sort of – they don't really have anyone in that team that has experience at Premier League level, but like you said, other than the players that were there last time. So a lot of these players have, have, you know, they they joined Bournemouth in the championship, uh, got up, came back down, and gone back up again. Um, to to me, it just it it just it just when you look at the the player list, it just looks like a championship side, um, yeah. and, and you kind of think to yourself, well, this is probably why they're in the situation they're in now. Um, apart from weirdly Neto and goal, which is a, a strange, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. still just, still doesn't seem right, does it? <laughs> yeah, it's slightly strange, but. You know, I, I think this is probably one of the reasons why the, why they're struggling so much is they've just got players that have been there for so long that they're, they're just not good enough. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I first noticed though, the lack of goals at the moment um, because their top scorer at the minute I think is Kiefer Moore, um, who's got four goals in all competitions. But Kiefer Moore, no, I don't I don't mean to. Sound harsh, but he is a championship striker. He's a good Careful. championship striker. He's scored quite a few goals in the championship, but you know he's got to this stage in his career, and um, I think he's what thirty. Or he's got, I think he's in his thirties now, where he hasn't played Premier League football before, and you've got to think there might be a reason behind that. But you know they've still got Stanislas playing for them, and he's been there for a long time. I think Jaden Anthony is their joint top scorer with four goals. There's no real, I don't know, like, um, like Fulham have got Mitrovic and they knew he's, been, he's played the Premier League before. OK, he wasn't maybe as successful as he has been this time around, but he knew what he was coming up against. Yeah. And it's obviously paid off pretty well for them. Uh, there's other teams sort of around them that at least have that one player up front that could get double figures for the season. Um, but they just don't seem to have that at the moment. And, um yeah, I think it doesn't help with getting rid of a manager so soon. Obviously, it was quite an embarrassing result, that 9-0 away at Liverpool. But we've seen Southampton do it before. I mean, twice they've lost 9-0 and they still kept Hassenhurtle and he still kept them up both seasons. So. yeah. yeah. Yeah there's something to be said like I mean like we sort of mentioned earlier about the Chelsea point there's something to be said about consistency isn't there
0: Yeah well f- for me I think they they are in trouble yeah. um as as well as Southampton as well I think those two look like the two teams that are most likely to go down um but again, for, for Bournemouth, I think it just comes down to, to experience in the squad. Um, so, yeah, that is it for Talking Points this week. And we will be back in part two with some wonders of white, a quiz from Liam and a Who Am I. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's episode. We're going to go straight in with a Caribou Cup themed uh, Wonders of White. Uh, so Casemiro has been victorious in each of his last nine major finals. Uh, so that's four Champions Leagues, three Club World Cups, one Copa del Rey and a League Cup to add to that list now. Loves a big game. So he's the game changer. He is, yeah. Uh, not so great, this one. Newcastle have lost each of their last nine matches at Wembley. Oh. At a run which began in 1974. Wow, That's yeah. almost
1: as bad as Villa. In fact, I think it is worse than Villa because we at least won the playoffs. But, yeah. It's, it's the long- is what I'm trying to say.
0: It's the longest ever losing run by a club side at that venue. Wow. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. Uh. So, despite only coming on at half time, Aaron Wambasaka made the most tackles of any player in the League Cup final. He's another uh,
1: one in round form, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, he made seven in 45 minutes, which equaled Ngolo Kante's um, 2019 uh, game. But he did seven in 120 minutes. Oh, whereas Wambasaka did seven in 45. And lastly, uh, Man United have won their first major trophy since 2017. Uh, they won the Europa League. That's five years and 278 days, and that's their longest uh, wait for a major trophy since 1983. Just had to get that one in there, didn't you? Just a little dig. Yeah, couldn't couldn't let it go. For <laughs> <a while. laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I believe you've got a quiz. I do. Yes. So we've spoken a lot about managers
1: this week. And uh, whether they should or shouldn't have been sacked Um, So I've got a quiz on managers Some of these questions are a bit strange But I just thought they were a bit of fun Uh, So I will let you have some clues (laughs) If you don't know the answers And um, I have made one multiple choice Because it was impossible to guess otherwise So, are you ready? Yes Question number one who holds the record for the most games managed in the Premier League with 828 games? <sighs> Clues I on mean,
0: if uh,
1: okay. Uh, if, if you need them, I, I don't know whether you do on this one. I think.
0: Clues I think there's an. <sighs> The, the, there's an obvious answer, but then is it that obvious when you think of some managers who've managed ten, twelve teams in the mm-hmm. league? Uh, I'll go. I'll go with my gut and say Alex Ferguson. Oh, it's wrong, is it? Arsene Wenger.
1: Oh, the the one man, the one man for the one team. Yeah, Arsene Wenger. Eight hundred twenty-eight games as Arsenal manager, which is it is quite impressive, to be honest. Um, but yeah. I, I, I thought that would have been a nice little starter for you. Maybe these are a bit more difficult. So feel free to shout out if you want a clue. Um, question number two. Which manager's sacking was described as a panic decision and wrong by Gary Lineker, who said he shed a tear when he
0: heard the news? Oh, I... I this... Is... This is this must be about like this must be Ranieri. Correct,
1: it is Claudio Ranieri.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: One point. We're off the mark. That's good.
0: I did I didn't cry when he left Chelsea, by the way. Did no, you? I know you
1: didn't, no. Okay. Although he, I thought he was quite good for Chelsea, I quite like He him.
0: did, he got us in the Champions League, so yeah. <laughs> um
1: Speaking of Chelsea. Hint, hint. Who was the first overseas manager to win the FA Cup?
0: Oh, this, well, uh, I'm assuming it's with your the, the, the hint
1: is that it was with Chelsea in 1997.
0: Uh, Rude Hullet? correct.
1: It was indeed Rude Hullet. Didn't really last long <laughs> as a manager, did he?
0: No, because he he was he was in that where well, he got sacked and then he hired Viali, didn't they? So
1: yeah, and then he went to Newcastle and they didn't do very well there either.
0: No, uh, were... Question number four.
1: Jose Mourinho worked as a translator and later as assistant manager for which British manager at Sporting, Porto and Barcelona?
0: Uh, Bobby Robson?
1: Correct, it was. Indeed. I didn't realise he started as a translator. That's how he got into football. Well, he, he did play football for a bit, but then left the game and then came back as a translator. Um, and then Bobby Robson liked his um, tactics. I started employing him as a coach Um, Question number five uh, This one You might need a clue for Which English manager holds the record For the most promotions In the English league with eight
0: Blimey Uh... It's going, be, it's going to be one of the old-timers, isn't it? I, uh, yeah, I'll take a clue. Okay, so
1: the clue is he's just come out of an unofficial retirement. Oh, Neil Warner. Neil Warner, <laughs> <laughs> Warner yes, yeah, to take charge of Huddersfield. Um, yeah, four out of five, so not bad. You're pulling it around. Uh, which manager holds the record for the most Champions League wins with four? don't know what clue I can give for this one, but there is... Feel free to ask for one.
0: Uh, Surely it has to be a Real Madrid manager. I mean... I'll I'll go with... Ancelotti. Correct.
1: Carlo Ancelotti. Because
0: he's won it three times at least with Real Madrid, hasn't he? Yeah. And I think he's won it with AC. AC Milan, yeah. The
1: other one, yeah. Um, Question number seven. This one is multiple choice. Um, Just added it in there because I thought it was a bit fun. Uh, Which former Spurs manager has competed in the Paris to Dakar rally? Is it Glenn Hoddle, Andre Villas-Boas or Christian Gross? (laughs) <laughs> it's so sick.
0: strange
1: It is an odd one
0: Uh, In a rally Yes Oh I don't know
1: Correct it is Andre Boas Competed in the Paris Dakar rally um, I'm not sure what year Off the top of my head But he did Um. So 6 out of 7 Not bad Which player Had playing spells Oh sorry I'll start again Question number 8 Which player turned manager had playing spells with Bournemouth in the 1970s and 80s before launching his managerial career with the club in
0: 1983. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Is there clues for this one? Yeah, there is. Go on. Uh, He likes to jam roly-poly. Harry Redknapp.
1: Correct. Yes, it is. Harry Redknapp. Um, I just thought I, I added that one because I genuinely didn't know he had any connection with Bournemouth other than
0: living in... Um, he lives just outside Bournemouth. And he lives in that posh... Yeah, um, what it's called now. Sam, yeah, it, Sam Banks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so well done. Question number nine. Which nationality has won the most Premier League titles as a manager?
0: Oh, my God. Goodness me.
1: Uh, Only Premier League, by the way. This is not before that. Not First Division.
0: Oh, I mean... uh, Scotland? Correct, it is
1: indeed Scotland, yes. I was trying to think, is this a trick question? I was (laughs)
0: thinking... You said just Premier League, and I was thinking, well, he, he won the bloody, he won bloody like 12, 13 of them, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. All, all, all Alex Ferguson, uh, 13 wins. Oh, actually, I think maybe Kenny, Dal- D- got
0: Kenny Dalglish. Kenny Dalglish win one with yeah. Blackburn. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: correct. It was indeed Scotland, or mostly thanks to, um, to Alex Ferguson. Uh, question number 10, again, another little bit of fun. Who lasted longer, Frank de Boer at Crystal Palace or Liz Truss as Prime Minister?
0: Uh, Liz Truss lasted longer.
1: Incorrect, I'm afraid. Uh, um, Frank De Boer lasted 77 days as Crystal Palace manager. Opposed <laughs> to Liz Truss is 49 days in charge of this entire country. Um, so, 8 out of 10 this week. Oh, I'll take
0: that. That's good. Consider th- I got the first one wrong.
1: Yeah, exactly. It wasn't the best start, but,
0: yeah, you pulled it around. Okay, right. So, this week's Who Am I? Uh... You, you you might need a good memory for this one because it it's a lengthy list. Okay, um, hang on. Let me get
1: let me get a little bit of a notepad ready um, just so I can take note. Does it go back to 1998? Because now you know I'm obsessed with 1998 versions. <laughs> no, no,
0: it doesn't. Oh, that's a shame. Okay, right, my notepad is ready. Okay, so uh, I'll start with where he started his career. Yeah, uh, that's Manchester United. OK. Move to West Ham. OK. Whilst at West Ham, he had loan spells at Birmingham, QPR yeah. and Cardiff. Yeah. Before signing for Lazio.
1: Ooh, that's a strange move.
0: That's strange. Wait till you hear the rest. Uh, whilst he's at Lazio, he had two loan spells, one back at QPR. OK. And one for a team called Atlas. Oh, that's ringing bells. OK. He then signed for Ostersons. Oh, OK. Maybe it's
1: not the I thought it was.
0: Before then signing for Sheffield United. Yeah. Whilst at Sheffield United, he went on loan to Middlesbrough. That was a loan, didn't he? Yeah. He was then signed by Den Haag. In um, the Netherlands, been around. before signing for Derby County. Okay. Oh,
1: I did, yeah. Okay.
0: And then he's—I I won't give you where he is currently right now, even though it's not gonna.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's, it's the West Ham abroad move, and I think player I'm thinking of, because there's not many English players that have moved, well, abroad, let alone to Atlas. But I think I remember Ravel Morrison moving to Atlas, so I'm going to go with him, although I don't remember him playing for Osterson or Den Haag, but he was definitely a <laughs> County quite recently, so I'm going
0: with Ravel. Correct. It is Ravel Morrison. Um, yeah. The reason I chose him is because I he is actually still playing, if you didn't realise. He's, okay. played, <laughs> he's yeah. playing under Wayne Rooney at DC United at the moment. Oh, OK. Um, oh, that makes sense. And he's... Uh, I mean, his, his spell at Derby County was, was pretty good. I mean, he played 36 out of 46 league games for them. Scored four goals. Um, but before that, the most of the amount he played in a season was for Birmingham, on loan in 2012, where he played 27 games. <laughs> uh, you won't really remember ostersons because he only played six games for them. <laughs> yeah, He played four for Den Haag, one for Sheffield United, four for Lazio. Um, he played for Atlas 18 times, scored three goals. Uh, and he's also, was one of the ones that changed his allegiance to Jamaica as well. Um and he's he played regularly for them. So
1: That's uh that's a very nomadic career, to be fair. But he was so highly thought of at Man United, wasn't he? And I remember Ferguson at the time really didn't want to let him go, but
0: just his attitude wasn't right, was it? Yeah. It's a bit like um that Tarat, Adele Turratt, Yeah, remember? Yeah. Similar sort of situation. All the ability but just not it's, the right attitude. The, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well I mean, the list was very lengthy when I when I looked at it. I thought, my God, this is going to take forever to do this one. But yeah, so that's it for this week. Liam, have you got anything to add? No, nothing from me. We are almost at the one hundredth episode. I think we're two or three episodes away now. Um, so we are behind the scenes, I guess, making plans. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. But uh that's it for this week. Uh so we'll be back next week.